0: From Materno, it's with Aplum, a plum—a show about the history, culture, and happenings in the beautiful game. I'm your host, Big Raj, and with me, as always, is Nima. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Beautiful day in San Francisco. How you doing? Uh, it's it's an okay day in Brooklyn. <laughs> We're going to start with our very usual segment of Jersey of the Week. Yes. Today, I am wearing a 2014 Brazilian home jersey, Mm. the famous yellow and gold of Brazil, and that is in honor of one of the players we will be speaking about today, a Brazilian icon, Roberto Carlos.
1: Yes.
0: So let's get into it.
1: In an earlier episode we covered the number 10 and its significance in the game in this episode we decided to focus on another number also legendary and that is the number three which of course raj just alluded to roberto carlos who famously wore that jersey for many many years in sports numbers have always signified some meaning for example in baseball the batting order Uh, had something to do with the numbers. Or in American football, numbers sometimes indicate the position that you play. In soccer, very much from the early days, numbers correlated to what positions you played. And historically, that was the case for many, many years It's not necessarily always true, as we sort of covered in the number 10 episode. Right. Basically,
0: it's that jerseys in originally when you were playing football, playing soccer, there were no names on the back of jerseys. So you would just, whoever was playing would get one through 11. And that's how the manager organized who was playing where. It was, everything was based on number and position. So we focused on number 10. And we told you that that was sort of the second striker. That was the... Guy in the hole, the maestro behind the number nine striker. Today, we're going to focus on number three, which is the left back. Yes.
1: For our older listeners, you would know my obsession with Paolo Maldini. He was the first player that inspired me to play the game. Famous number three for AC Milan and Italy for some 20-odd years.
0: Yeah, an icon. The best number three left back example of all time, simply based on his longevity, his trophy collection, and basically him transforming the position in the sense that there weren't many famous left backs. And Maldini played center back as well. But he Mm. started out as a left back was a legendary left back. He, he floated him. He was I mean, that's what made him great. He could play wherever but he did wear the three he was on that Milan dynasty. And he was one of, I would say, top five best number threes. I won't say most
1: famous, but I'd say best as far as number three and being a left back. Yeah. I mean, I'm very biased towards him, but there have been so many phenomenal number threes that it's almost hard to parse out the top five as you just put it, or even, let's say, top three. And, you know, when you have folks like Roberto Carlos and Patrice Evra and Ashley Cole, I mean, these are all legends with trophy cabinets larger than my bedroom.
0: Yeah, and the the position evolved. Now we sort of expect a very good left back and full back in general to mm-hmm. help in the attack. And you want them to contribute more than defending in the sort of original sturdy 4-4-2 formation days the left back basically was just a left-sided defender and wasn't necessarily tasked with going forward whereas now in more of the modern game especially in the last 25 years the left back has been asked to move forward and contribute on the wing and also cover if the winger is leading into the middle of the pitch and vice versa if you're a left winger with these newer fullbacks racing up and down the flanks your job also was to cover back on defense if the fullback was out of position trying to cross in the ball into the other box so with that said you know you're looking at the three in my mind at least most adept most qualified and most trophy-laden number threes Roberto Carlos, Paolo Maldini, and Ashley Cole. Many others, of course, many other icons. I think it really just depends on who you're watching, what country you're watching in. I'm sure yeah. people have their own favorite left backs. But those I mean, I necessarily... love
1: Patrice Evra.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's my whole point. It's like, those aren't necessarily even my favorite. Like, I don't like Ashley Cole. He is an absolute clown. He has proven to be so in his everyday life. Um, oh. I could have an episode just on that i mean he cheated on his wife who was like climbing a mountain for charity but he's an incredible left back and he is the best left back in premier league history thus far but yeah as you say i love patrice ever he was a proper number three he would bound up and down the wings for united and Mm -hmm. he was at monaco he did the same thing and he created assists he had crosses um he was an iconic number three for united he took over the mantle really from Dennis Irwin, who That's right. is just the left back I grew up watching and could do it all. Irwin was, you know, he had assists to his name. He was also adept free kick taker. He could take penalties. He could play on the right side. But he was one of the beginners, sort of one of the, not necessarily a trailblazer, but he was one of those who you saw early on, early 90s, getting on the wings and actually contributing to the attack, as well as being a very incredible defender as well on the left side. And it's that sort of duality that you're kind of looking for now in a proper number three.
1: Yep. Complementing what Raj is saying, especially when Maldini as a left back started, it was uncommon for, you know, left backs or even right backs to venture forward. Of course, there have been some very famous Brazilian right-backs, which we'll cover in another episode, uh, who'd been bombing up and down the flank. But from the left side of the field, really you had you know Maldini and Roberto Carlos, Ashley Cole, Patrice Evra, a threat every time any of them went forward and really with Roberto Carlos I'd argue he was much better going forward than he was defending whereas Maldini, Evra, Cole they were terrific left backs uh, yeah but I, I mean it also
0: I think depends on context and the league you're in Roberto Carlos yes, played yes, yes. mainly in La Liga and he played for Brazil where the focus really was on attack whereas Maldini was in Serie A, obviously, and in Italy, where they were obsessed with defending and the style of play was very much Mm -hmm. focused on defending. And Ashley Cole played in the very difficult Premier League with Arsenal and Chelsea, Mm -hmm. where you have to do both, which is why I think Ashley Cole is such a great left back. He was able to defend and command a defense in one of the most difficult sports leagues in the world. He also had the guile and the graft to go forward at a really great clip, and was very effective doing both. But yeah, to your point, you know Roberto Carlos. Many people don't really equate defending or defensive qualities, even with yeah. many Brazilian fullbacks and defenders in general. But Roberto Carlos was a good defender. It's just that we know him more for going forward. He was essentially a second winger,
1: Yeah, and really he was, he
0: was he was able to get away with that because. You know he was on a Galactico yeah. Real Madrid team, and he of course was on a very famous Brazilian team, and he won everything. He won the World Cup. He won three mm-hmm. Champions Leagues. He won La Ligas. He he did everything. Yeah, to your I point, mean, like, Maldini couldn't get away with doing that because right. you know that Milan team was disciplined. It was in their yes. formation, and you weren't scoring goals. But you know Maldini going forward, you know he was just a talented football player and yeah. had that in his locker and. That's why I think he is such an icon that he could really adapt and do many things, which exactly is what Ashley Cole could do as well.
1: For those of you who actually watch La Liga, to make Raj's point more clear, tackling seems to be optional in La Liga, whereas in Syria, especially in the 80s and early 90s, as Raj alluded to it, the defensive game was much, much bigger. I remember seeing rugby-style tackles in Syria back then. Before yeah, the league, the league has changed.
0: Also, Maldini came up in the Serie A when Italy was the best league in the world, and really got his, mm-hmm. you know, experience and chops against the best strikers in the world at that time. And you know that only just adds to his legacy. And I, I, that's why I hold Ashley Cole in such high esteem as well, because he was facing the best week in week out. And I know like that middle section, you know, Premier League wasn't necessarily. The best league in the world as it is now, but he was doing it for England as well, just as you know, Maldini and Roberto Carlos were doing it on the international stage as well. But Roberto Carlos was in La Liga yeah. when Real Madrid were at its height pre-Messi, pre-Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got away with a little bit more of having a lapse in defensive judgment. And not to say he wasn't, you know, defensively he wasn't the best left back in the world, but Overall, he was one of the best Mm -hmm. left-backs of all time. I think if Roberto Carlos was around now, you know, La Liga is a little bit different now where their defending is still basically optional. (laughs) There's so much technique and talent there that you look at the current Real Madrid left-back in Marcelo and he's a very, very good Uh defender and he's also a great Mm -hmm. attacker, unfortunately. He doesn't wear number three, so fuck him. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is why we're not talking about Marcelo.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, there have been other examples to even highlight the fact that we think of Roberto Carlos, Maldini, and Cole. You take a look at some of the other icons. We mentioned Evra and Irwin. You look at someone like Abidal for France. Um, mm. He wore number three for his international team. He also, of course, played lots of center back and won everything. But he wasn't that offensive presence that the others brought. You know, he never scored a goal really at all, he scored a couple cup goals for uh, Lyon and Barcelona, but never scored a league goal, never scored in Europe, mm-hmm. won all yep. the titles. He was on great teams. He was on a Leon team that won three straight titles. He was on Barcelona. a Barcelona team yeah. that, you know, he won four titles in, I think, six seasons there. So, And, and you know, another really great left back and one of the best left backs in the world for a period of time, especially when Germany won the World Cup in 2014, with was uh, mm-hmm. Jonas Hector. Um, yep super unflashy he's I really love him because and I know people in Germany love him and people in Cologne love him because he's not about the flash he's not about the pomp he gets his his work done you know he there's very famous stories of him like not spending any of his money and staying with the team that he wants to play for instead of going to a big money move with all I mean he's An incredible left back. He's 29 now, but like all of the big teams were after him. Hector was one of the best. He was a main component of the Germany team. He was a big number three. He was really the only one that wasn't ever getting substituted. He was in the team at all times. And he was the one they relied on. And he is like a great example of what a great left back is, but, you know, not necessarily famous for his offensive prowess either.
1: And... One thing we've talked about this in prior episodes is seeing legends going back to their clubs. And two of the people we've mentioned and Paolo Maldini and Eric Abidal, they're back at the clubs where they spent many, many years with Maldini back at Milan and Abidal as uh, director of football back at Barcelona, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's just awesome to see legends back. And hopefully <laughs> Paolo can do something about Milan because, boy... They're not not doing well right now. Yeah, no, they're struggling. But yeah, it's good to see the players, the
0: legends, the icons coming back in non-football playing roles and that really only makes our point even clearer. Like, these guys were trusted, they were relied upon, and they were great servants for their clubs. And, you know, they weren't really on the faces of posters and billboards worldwide because they were left-backs, they were defenders, they didn't really get a lot of the shine. They're famous people to footballers, but Mm -hmm. they're not and football fans but they're not really famous people you know Roberto Carlos probably aside and that really again makes our point that he was because he scored incredible free kicks he you know bombed forward scored goals and um you know he was he was a new kind of left back and you know you see some of those bopping about now you know you see people like Marcos Alonso at Chelsea Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. he's had a major dip in form this season but You know, he he was one of the best left backs in the Premier League for a few years. And he went forward. He was playing in a back five as well. So he was basically a wing back and very effective, good defender, great going forward. Um, You see that now with Danny Rose at Tottenham, number three playing left back. Very great going forward, um, has skill, technique on the ball, a good defender as well. And... You know, it's that balance that you want to strike in any uh, left-back, full-back in general now. And you see Chilwell at Leicester, who is going to be a superstar and a left-back of the future for England, especially with um, Luke Shaw slightly struggling a little bit now with injuries, etc. And uh, someone who doesn't play, not that he doesn't play, but isn't the star that he was and really could have been at his height was Leighton Baines, a proper number three um yes. takes penalties takes free kicks an incredible crosser of the ball and a solid defender and that's that's what you want these are the people and you look at people like Gareth Bale and Ryan Sessegnon Bale of obviously now Madrid but started at mm-hmm. Tottenham mm-hmm. as a left back wore the number 3 um Ryan Sessegnon started as a left back wears number 3 but now is both of them are more wingers and attackers and but you can see why they had that number three. They were, in theory, that left back that we're talking about, that fullback. And they can do it all. They're, you know, you have to be able to defend. You have to be strong. But now you have to be quick. You have to be fast. And you know you're going forward and you're out of position basically half of the time you're playing. So you need to be able to get back and You need to spell the wingers and you need to spell the midfielders who are covering for you. And, you know, these are the people, these are the players that you know, it's very difficult to do. And that's why, you know, we, we wanted to highlight these number threes, because there's not a lot of them out there now, and especially not wearing number three.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a demanding position. And the half life of a right or left back now has become shorter and shorter, just because you need youngins who can just bomb up and down the the sidelines. And every once in a while, you get players like the Maldini's and the Roberto Carlos's that can just do it for so long at such a high level. Although, as you pointed, Maldini, as he got older, he shifted more to playing center back,
0: which is definitely the trend
1: now. Basically, I
0: think if you're a fullback and you're of elite quality, as you slow down, you essentially get pushed into the middle. I think that essentially is what will happen to someone like Kyle Walker at City, where, you know, Mm -hmm. quality fullback, getting older they have better fullbacks push him into the middle as chelsea um Mm -hmm. so talented eventually i think you can't you don't want to sacrifice his talent but the pace is going to drop off so you move these fullbacks into the middle and exactly maldini is the best example of that probably in the history of the sport
1: actually i'm curious what's your favorite moment from any left back your pick
0: Um, I mean, when I think of left backs, you know, I go, I basically have the best and fondest memories of watching people like Dennis Irwin and Roberto Carlos, because, you know, the Roberto Carlos free kick at Le Tournois, um, a tournament that was basically before France 98, England won that tournament. Don't worry about that, though. And (laughs) Roberto Carlos scoring with his left foot, one of the. I mean, probably the best free kick in the history of football. The best I've definitely seen. Yeah, I, surely
1: I, everyone's seen this by now.
0: Yeah, he basically just curves it around the wall and somehow remote controls it into the net. <laughs> um, it was incredible. But it's stuff like those, those are the favorite moments. You know, I have this picture in my head of Dennis Irwin uh, collecting a cross. Well, it was actually the ball was in the midfield and it passed to him sort of top of the box left side and he just chips it over the goalkeeper i mean that's the type of skill that he had and yeah. you know you just don't think of left backs as having the ability to have any sort of flair and the guys we've mentioned have that and it's i think that's what makes them special and that's why both of us i
1: think like them and i know
0: you're left footed
1: so you're kind of biased yes sir <laughs> i love my left back yeah my 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 favorite moment Oddly enough, and of course, you know this because I've played uh, left back and left wing for so long, is actually sort of a collage of Maldini tackles. He was just magnificent. I almost don't see players being able to time slide tackles the way this Mm -hmm. man did. But again, that's what made him elite. We'll see if we can find some highlights and link it in the episode notes for you guys to watch. It's just fantastic. And when you see him do the sort of tackles he did and get the timing right as often as he did, you sort of realize how elite he was. You just don't see tackles like that anymore. There's also part of the game has changed, which is disincentivizing players to take risks the way players would take risks when Maldini played. But the number of times that he made clean tackles, even when sliding across the pitch, was just incredible. Rare to see that. Yeah, he was,
0: he was special. And that's also why he was able to last so long. And really shocking that, you know, he was durable as well and lasted as long as he yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, he really was once in a lifetime. Well, thank you as always for tuning in. That was our episode on left backs and the number three in our continued number series. We'll be back with many more numbers to explain the history and culture of that part of the game. We yes. hope you enjoyed it. I know that we did both Nima and I love kind of going back and discussing the different positions. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. And if you listen on iTunes, we'd be super grateful if you would rate and review us as well. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time.
1: Peace. One love.